He left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing on their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they all went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. So as we move to our pairing and sharing time, there's a couple things related to this and related to the sermon that have me kind of shaking in my boots, so to speak, except I don't have boots on. The further we go down the road of the pairing and sharing time, the more I become aware of some of your sharings and observations. So 
chromosomes and to consider changing and responding in new and different ways. Um, so, it is a vulnerable thing that we're attempting here. We'll see how it goes over time. But I just wanted to speak to a little bit of that today because I'm feeling the awareness around that on, on this day. So here, at whatever comfort level you want to do, I invite you to um, find a partner and have a conversation on I don't recommend both of these questions. These are kind of two options for you. Uh, telling a story of some time in your life, it could have been 50 years ago, it could have been last week, when you made a big change. And how did it go? Is it a good experience? Is it a bad experience? Did that change? Do you have any regrets about it now? Whatever, whatever the story is. Um, the second possible question is to reflect on some change that you would like to make If you develop, if you grow, 
You have sometimes even opposite ways of viewing the world than you had before. You show skills and gifts that no one would have imagined would have come through. And you go back to the people who knew you so well. The reality is, they really struggle to see it. It's, 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 it's a shocking thing. And this is a story about Jesus recognizing that particular reality. And it's part of the beginning process of how he is helping his disciples. As it says in here, sending them out two by two. And he's giving them instruction about what to expect. I presume that they learned something from the reality of being with Jesus in his hometown. I would guess that they did a lot of reflections about their growing up, about their family, about their friends, about where they were nurtured, knowing that some of them were still thinking, why did these disciples, why did this one who's my son, my brother, my friend, just drop everything and follow this guy? Why? How crazy can it be? And Jesus moves on to other towns with them and, and he gives them good, healthy boundaries because you know what? This process of working on change, or as it's called in this uh, scripture, repent. Repent, we tend to think of in our head as, uh, you know, confess all of your sins and never do them again. Well, that may be part of it. But repent means really turn everything around and go in a different direction. That's what it really means. And so, this is what the disciples are going to be about. This is what Jesus is about. Turn around all the understandings, many of them that you got in your hometown. Turn around. See differently. See through what Jesus and what Jesus reflects with his Father in heaven. And go out and share it. And do the work. Now, as you go to other towns, Jesus says, it won't be like the hometown, but you're going to have some people who aren't going to accept you. It's just the way it goes, right? Not everyone wants to accept somebody calling them to change. So, he gives them a lesson in good, healthy boundaries. And those boundaries are, if they're not paying attention to you in a certain house or a certain place you are, Remember, there was nothing paved back then. And so you had a lot of dust all around as you were walking around in your, your sandals. Um, just shake that dust. Don't carry it with you. Don't take that burden of they didn't want to hear you. They didn't want to pay attention. Don't let it stop you. Don't be stubborn and insist that they hear you. Just shake the dust and move on and collect the dust somewhere else. A good healthy boundary lesson that a lot of us, I think, could, could learn from. So Jesus here is teaching us a lot about the reality of certain situations, whether it's in our hometown or as the disciples go out and minister, and about how to be a healthy person about doing this. But it comes back to us as followers of Jesus. And it comes back to the whole issue of change. Do you want to change anything in your life? 
Do I want to change anything in my life? Look, I preach this stuff. And I bet you if you analyzed my life, you would find a lot of effort to try to put things into routines and patterns that I could expect. Areas of comfort, areas where the only time there's a risk is when I go out and choose to to be risky. But I have control over it then, right? But I try to stay out of situations that are going to make me too vulnerable, too risky, too uncomfortable. But is it not some of those new experiences? Is it not learning to think differently? Is it not learning to feel differently? Is it not learning to how to have different daily habits and set different kinds of goals? If it's, if it's not about that, how are we going to have the world that this God of this love creation call forth at the very beginning? And that we hear about at the very beginning of the book of Genesis, the very beginning of the Bible. How are we ever going to get there? If, if God is love and, the, and our goal is to learn how to live more in that love, is there anybody who can give me a testimony of a way that we can be more loving without making some change? You know? Is there any way that we can have that love result in more people getting along in this world, more people cooperating with each other, more people respecting each other, diminishing the hate in this world? Is there any way that we can get there without change? Oh, I know. They need to change. Not me. They need to change. I want peace in this world. Most of us don't believe peace is possible because most of us don't believe we can make the kind of changes possible because the truth is, we look at ourselves. And maybe you told some good stories of change in your life. I wonder how many of those changes that have happened that were major in your life were ones forced upon you that often leads to having to deal with some change and maybe some different perspectives and maybe later on we're grateful even though it was very stressful at the time. And how many of us have stories of making a conscious decision to change because I can't be a better person. I can't be a healthier person. I can't live being created in the image and likeness of God more clearly if I don't make some changes in how I think and how I feel how I react, how I relate. You know, it kind of relates to the pairing and sharing here because I know a part of what happens to all of us. We build a protective shell in different sorts of ways around ourselves. There's some part of us that knows the most vulnerable part of ourselves. And so maybe we're open kind of over here, but we're ready to sound the alarm if something happens in an environment that we don't control. It touches too close to the place where we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to think about that. We don't want to feel that again. And we don't want to consider changing. Changing how we view that part of ourselves. Changing what is possible for us to get to a better place. It might be too painful. It might be too hard. And here's the other problem. Even if I'm willing to do it, 
I know it. I know it. To make the change, I'm going to have to interact with people in a different way. And as I do that, some consciously, some unconsciously, they are going to betray the trust of what I share. They're just going to do it. Some because they're clueless. Some because they're just in lifelong habits, uh, whether it's gossiping or just can't hold back saying something dramatic about one person to another person. Sometimes because they're protecting themselves. It's happened to all of us and I think many of us have done it to others. But we come back to this being a follower of Jesus. We can come to church week in and week out. We can stand on a street corner if we want and we can proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. We can give all kinds of teachings of, about how important it is and then all might be right. But Jesus sent the disciples out two by two to be changed themselves and to be changed agents for a world that needs change. Do you think the world needs change? Do you think something new and better needs to happen in our world? Does anybody not think that? Does anybody want to argue that we have arrived in this world? Humanity has arrived. We are living now the image and likeness of God. We are living all the vision that God had in creation for what we can be. Okay? If that's... If we're not... We're going to have to risk change. Because what it means fundamentally is the way we're doing it now isn't working. One of the things that being a follower of Jesus teaches us when we read the sacred texts and even going back um, into the Old Testament is we can't distance ourselves from it. If change is needed, we need to be part of that change. If we're unwilling to do it, why should somebody else? This is where it gets really tough. I was reminded this week as I was reflecting on this. When my wife was in the seminary, so that's whew, a long time ago now, more than 20 years ago, um, and I was interim pastor of South Berkeley Community Church, UCC Church in South Berkeley, California, um, and I remember one day, I was a lot younger then, so I don't know how I got the uh, both insight as well as maybe even the courage to say this, but there was a group of people in that congregation who just knew each other really well for a long time. And I remember observing conversations that would happen in the fellowship hall or in the aisles of the church. Somebody would come in and they'd made a change in their life. And someone else would come up to them and and say, I don't remember the names, Lenora, let's say. Lenora, wow, what a different change. You know, I don't know if we'll ever get used to that. We liked you the way you were, you know. And I realized seeing a lot of these conversations happen, it's hard to change in your hometown. People get comfortable with the way you are. Even the parts of you that are quirky, even the parts of you that are annoying, <laughs> 
Even the parts of you they don't like, they don't know what to do if you come in and start acting differently. And so I said to the congregation one Sunday, near the end of my time there, I said, you know each other so well, you won't let each other change. Because you call each other back into what you expect of each other. Because we've gotten comfortable with it, haven't we? So this Gospel reading is a core reading, a core teaching from Jesus. Inviting us into more deeply being a follower of Jesus. Inviting us into understanding what it means to be that follower, to live it, to witness to it, to share it, the reality of it in our hometown, the reality of it when we head out. Along with healthy boundaries and understandings. So in a lot of ways, the, the pairing and sharing time has become an incubator for that. Because Unlike many parts of worship, it, it, it's an area we may not feel like we can control. It's a call for many of us to change. And we might even end up sharing about things in our lives that are a little vulnerable. We don't know who we can trust. We don't know who's going to find out about it tomorrow if we do it. And so it's a real challenge. But I come back over and over again, and I don't have the simple answers of how we get from where we are to this other place. I just know that if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, I've got to take serious that that is going to mean fundamental change in my life. It's going to mean change in how, I, how my relationships are. It's going to change my marriage. It's going to change all my family connections. It's going to change how I handle deal with friends, it's going to open up new relationships, it's going to change um, how it is that I protect myself, not in a way that closes me off, but in a way that has healthy boundaries that doesn't shut me down. It's going to change my hope and vision for a world that can be different than it is today, that feels like we're just cycling history over and over again sometimes. It is going to change us at the core. Followers of Jesus, I don't like change. Especially the change I can't control. How about you? Do we want to take the challenge and more deeply become a follower of Jesus? Even when it shakes us, at the very core. I hope in God's love we can try and find the strength to do that. That we can be the church that does that as part of changing the world. Amen.